welcome back to the It's In Our Roots podcast, where we talk to inspiring people with roots in the countryside. And this week, we're talking to Jeremy Gibbs, the guy that links up agriculture with those that are coming out of the armed forces. Recorded at this year's Lama, this week we're talking to farmer and founder of Forces Farming, Jeremy Gibbs. Someone once said to me, the last stage in healing yourself is helping others. And I do wonder if some of that comes from some of the challenges I've had coming out of my previous career, getting back into agriculture, finding my place again. I sort of look at what I do as if I can just help one person go home happier at the end of the day, that level of happiness extends on to the rest of the family. It is such a good industry. You know, we forget quite a lot, I think, about how good our industry is. I absolutely love it and I would just, yeah, I'm just passionate about getting more and more people into it. Oh, Holly, I've got the Lama Blues. Uh, I've got FOMO of everyone that got to go on the second day as well. <laughs> <laughs> the second day of Lama when we were both back just working. Just working. <laughs> all day, literally all day, Holly kept a message me saying, have you seen this person's there? Have you seen this person's there? Oh, Caleb's there. <laughs> uh, pe- people, honestly, people were messaging me, being like, I didn't realise you were at Lama yesterday. I didn't see you. I'm like... Well, how did we miss you? Like, that, honestly, the amount of people that were at Lama is bonkers. And I've already got the date in my diary for next year. <laughs> Just saying, if you're going or not, I'm going. Me too. I saw that they announced the dates already for 2024. And I just feel like... Let's do an episode every year, Hull. Oh, let's just keep going. Let's just move into the NEC, why don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but the but the Lama content does not stop there because today we have got another whole episode which was recorded at Lama, but it's with one guy, Jeremy Gibbs, off of Forces Farming. Honestly, if you were at Lama and you didn't stop and have a chat with him, you missed out. I could have chatted to him for hours. He was so cool. And you can tell that he's a popular man to chat to because he was a very busy man. And I had to feel like a little a little pest that keep going, hi, Jeremy, would you like to talk to us now? Please, we're desperate to talk to you about your story. <laughs> he was. He was a popular guy and everyone wanted to talk to him. I think he did a big speech or, or Q&A or something on the Wednesday as well. Yeah, I think it was in the health and wellbeing zone, wasn't it? Yes, alongside... FCN, Addington Fund, Forage Aid, all of the, all of that goodness. Even Will Rubottom spoke there. You may have seen, actually, talking of YouTubers like Will Rubottom, Jeremy featured on Tom Pemberton's latest video. Yeah, I saw that and I thought, oh, good. Good. <laughs> That's where our Jeremy deserves to be. <laughs> and he's there thinking, did I honestly spend 20 minutes talking to us in a Roots podcast when I could have been on Tom Pemberton's YouTube channel instead? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, let's get into it. Let's see what happened when we caught up with Jeremy Gibbs at this year's Lama. What is your earliest memory of the British countryside, of being out in the great outdoors? What was your earliest memory? What a very good question. My, and this is going to sound very, very sad, my first memory is when I was probably about six years old and I used to refuse to wear anything other than wellies. (laughs) So there's pictures of me on a summer holiday 
on a beach somewhere when I was about, yeah, probably good 30 odd years ago, um, wearing wellies in the sand in shorts on holiday. And I refused because I just was always on the farm, friends' farms. I just refused to wear anything other than wellies. It was so easy. So what, so did you, have you been wearing wellies all your life then? Have you grown up around farming? Uh, no. So we didn't have a family farm at home, but family, friends, farms. And as soon as I was old enough to basically get on a bike and cycle to the farm my parents sort of let me let me go basically so no only friends fam friends farms um not our own unfortunately and was farming always something that you wanted to get into in regards to your work is that something that you always aspired to do oh absolutely it, i i could never have imagined anywhere working anywhere else to be honest with you it's just it, it's just an industry that i think fits me so well and I think you've got to have a bit of a character sometime to get into agriculture and really enjoy it I love it um, and everything that goes with it yeah I couldn't imagine doing anything else to be honest with you so you're in your element at an event like Glamour oh even more because it's full of machinery and I'm a bit of a machinery geek um, had quite a long time in the machinery industry um, yeah and, and I just love events and even more than that it's the people element that I really enjoy now is it's talking new people introducing people seeing conversations spark and stuff like that so yeah I love it here it's great so you're here talking about forces farming for people that don't know what it is do you want to just start by saying what it is yeah absolutely so forces farming represents the link between the armed forces and agriculture so if you go all the way back should we say to the first and second world wars agriculture was a option for rehabilitating people when they came back from the front lines so the idea of people moving into an agricultural sector post-service is nothing new that's been going on for 100 years or so however what I'm doing is basically trying to be a middleman if you're coming up to leave and you're interested in getting into agriculture or even if you're not from a military background if I can help highlight paths and career options and just almost be a sort of intermittent kind of filter on both sides so that we don't have people applying for jobs in agriculture and then maybe not maybe them not being what they want or the other way around, the employer not realising that the employee is not what they want. So do you have a background in the military at all? No, I am not, um, not a veteran at all. No, I've never served. Uh, I get referred to as this strange civilian that seems to get on with military people. <laughs> yeah, mainly because I think it's a crossover between agriculture and the armed forces, the sense of humour, the sort of close-knit community the idea that no one else really understands what we do because we're a special sector of society sort of thing um but no i'm i'm 100 farmer through and through shall we say so where did the idea come from what made you want to start connecting the forces of farming back again like it used to be so i was with uh, an agricultural contractor at the end of 2018 um and we were just chatting back and forth he turned around to me one day and he explained that he had almost £100,000 worth of insurance claims from one year, from mainly from his seasonal staff. And I just dropped the idea to him and said, have you never thought about recruiting from the armed forces? And his answers were, I'd love to, I don't know how, but I don't know how to, and I don't know how to train them. And I thought, well, I'm pretty sure with my friends from school, I can connect, connect people up. And then my background was training when I, um, when I was in the, engineer, in the mechanical engineering industry. And then I thought, well, it's just really a network, so let's see what we can do. So, um, yeah, it was back at the end of 2018. Um, and then with the help of a lot of friends who are still serving or have served, they've sort of networked me in to help find some other veteran connections and stuff. So You say it started in 2018, so that's five years. What, what, what kind of impact have you had in that time? So if you imagine we started it 
I had the first idea at the end of 18, 19 registered the company. Um, and then through the next year or so, up to about February 2020, when I hit the launch button on the website, obviously one month later, we had COVID. So <laughs> then, yeah, so this is it. Because you think that was 2020. We're 20, it's nearly three years since. So I've had three years of building up the network of where and what do I want to do, which has helped me be really specific on the process. So I really focus on making a process fit the person, not make a person fit the process. So honestly, over the last, let's say three years, three, four years getting on that far, I've been networking, talking one-to-one to to service leavers. And then also what we do is, um, if we can, and as it fits with the farming industry, have um, insight days, the same as we're doing today. Just be a point of contact, reference, answering questions, that sort of thing, pointing people in the right right direction. But yeah, I mean, in 2022, we had five veterans hired in the wider agricultural industry. So that's good. And just doing some calculations before um, the show, we worked out that basically one uh, veteran had volunteered about 240 hours on a farm over harvest. So straight away, there's a financial value to engaging in the kind of idea of well let's get some volunteers in and help get let trained up yeah no definitely so walk us through it so you're a veteran and you want to get involved they what happens then from how do they get in contact with you and then how do they end up on the farm what how does it all go about yeah so if you imagine when you're coming up to leave you go through the process of I'm going to leave the job, I'm going to leave, et cetera, et cetera. And then you go into a system, what's called the Career Transition Partnership. So that is where you can start looking for official training courses. You could go and restudy back at university, back at college. If that route is funded for a new career path, that would be the main route that most people take. Whereas what I'm doing is I'm sort of saying, well, we're an industry looking for people. I'm sort of representing the industry and acting as a point of contact. So What I'm getting to now, after the last two to three years, I'm getting more and more service leavers getting in touch who are still serving, which means then they're um, applicable for basically what we call graduated resettlement time. So they hit the button to leave. They get a certain period of time to retrain into a new industry. And I've said, well, I can start filling that time with agricultural placements or events like this or maybe three or four different manufacturers or going to a dairy or going to a vet, for example, like that. That's the whole point is I'm I'm very specific in it's it's quite gen, it's quite specific per person rather than saying this is how it works. This is where you come in. It, it all works to four principles of insight, experience, placement and development. So give someone an insight. Is it the job for them? If it is. Let's help them get some experience. If it's not, then maybe we'll look at something else. Or if it is, then we'll go into a placement. And then finally, the most important part, which is the development side. So one of the veterans that came and saw us here at Lama today, he got in touch with me in June 2020 when he started his first job in engineering. So two and a half years later, we're still in contact. We still talk, coach him with any challenges that come up, that sort of thing. So, yeah. So I guess there's probably quite a lot of transferable skills for people working in the military to then coming into farming absolutely yeah you're right it's the biggest one for me is is that level of communication and being able to take a task or a skill or a training element and shrink it down into bite-sized chunks process that and potentially improve it so same as we know with farming it's pretty much the same every year but every year is different if you know the basic process of right we've got to cultivate the field we've got to do this we've got to do that then start breaking them down into things like 
key performance indicators like fuel consumption the job that the cultivator's doing, you know, um, fertility rates, carving rates, all of that sort of thing. If you can start to give people these little targets that they can work to, I think it just gives a whole other element to the idea of working in farming, yeah. Yeah, and do you find that certain people from a specific part of the military, I don't know loads about military service, but obviously there's lots of different jobs within that. Are there people within a specific sector that are interested in agriculture or is it a vast spectrum? Well, that is a really good point because I also don't know anything about the military. Having not served, so and this is where it's an interesting one. So I don't know the difference between the person at the bottom level and the person at the top, potentially. I, I treat everyone the same, which is what they need when they're coming into civilian street. Is, is You can't say, oh, I'm a major, I was this. Well, that doesn't, it doesn't ring true with anyone in, in the civilian street. So um, not necessarily a particular area where people are coming from, but what I am seeing is more and more engineers in particular who are coming and saying well everyone's talking about food production and agricultural equipment seems to make food as the sort of first door opener is um and then it's kind of like, well, well what can we do and that's exactly the hook you need is almost that question of well, what can i do they they know they want to do something but what can i do so at the moment we're getting a lot of uh, royal electrical and mechanical engineers um but i get people from from the sas from all sorts ex-medics is another good example for example um i sent those guys um and put them in touch with some veterinary organizations who want to use their medical knowledge but don't want to go into the paramedic or the emergency services route and i suggested large animal veterinary medicine it's good 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 option there um but no pretty much it's 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 a generic i'd say broad sheet of people that want to get into agriculture yeah yeah right and so say you are a farmer or you're a vet and they're thinking oh i'd like to you know have some people and help them rehabilitate and teach them about farming How, do they get supported through the process as well yeah so this is why i wanted to set up the six by six program so if i can find an engaged employer let's say exactly like you just summarized i want to get involved i want to help i want to do something the first thing i can do then is say right well, well what structure are you going to bring to the table which if you go to any business or any employer it first of all makes them look inwards because they go, right, well, what actually do we want someone to learn who's a new starter? Rather than me just going, I can find someone to fill a position, I sort of turn it around and go, well, but what do you want them to do? And then we start to roll into, um, yeah, sort of a bit more of a structure. Where does your drive come from to, to keep going with this? Because it really surprises me that you weren't in the military. Where, where does your drive come from? Um... It's a very good question again. I, I honestly, I don't really know is the answer. I, someone once said to me, um, the last stage in healing yourself is helping others. And I do wonder if some of that comes from some of the challenges I've had coming out of my previous career, getting back into agriculture, finding my place again, and then challenges, you know, I, I'm not getting too into mental health and stuff, but get, getting through some life challenges I sort of look at what I do as if I can just help one person go home happier at the end of the day, that level of happiness extends on to the rest of the family. Because if you imagine a lot of the, the service lever is generally only 25% of the resettling family. You've generally got two kids and a partner. If that whole unit is functioning better from that one person working in agriculture, then 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 I, I don't need paying like that's that's what keeps me going is the idea of a stable family unit in a, in a rural setting with someone 
in the family working in farming. That's that's what drives me, yeah. So are you still farming or are you, like, as in how do you find the time to do all of this? I imagine some people are thinking, where did you get the time to do it all? I mean, I mean, I have a, I have a, stop, I have a, a time stopper like they do on Harry Potter, but no, yeah. no, not at all. <laughs> um, I can't think what they're called now. Um, no, basically, so we've got uh, about 60 sheep at home. I've got about 30 breeding ewes um, and we've got about 25 beef cattle. So we, we set it up that me and my partner, we could run that around other work so up until about june 2022 i was working full-time in agriculture self-employed and i decided i needed to swap that and go full-time into my business if it was going to succeed um so yeah we still got beef cattle and sheep at home we start lambing in april this year um we start calving albeit only five but we got five cows to calve in march and then lambing in april and then the rest of carbon June and July and stuff. But I, it, it just sort of fits around. I mean, I consider, I also consider myself very, um, maybe lucky or privileged that I can do what I enjoy. I, you know, there's a lot of people that don't enjoy what they do when they get up and go to work sort of thing. So I, I never count my blessings. I do love what I do. So. And events like this are just great because it's just a great opportunity to chat to people. No, well, this is it. (laughs) Exactly. And it is such a good industry. You know, we forget quite a lot, I think, about how good our industry is. The fact that a lot of employers today, like, I can just say to their staff, yeah, take a day off and go to the show. You know, you don't get that in many other industries and stuff. But I absolutely love it. And I would just, yeah, I'm just passionate about getting more and more people into it. And that's the other thing, you know, communication is getting so much better around farming and agriculture and stuff like that so what you guys are doing is great just to get all this information out there and help um, help get more people and get more ears into farming amazing thank you so much jeremy we really really appreciate it it's forces farming on instagram and all of that kind of thing people can follow you on there and support you right yeah exactly at forces farming on everything instagram facebook twitter and linkedin as well so look forward to speaking to you soon Oh, Holly, what a guy. Like, the guy. I do think it's still mad that he doesn't come from a military background and yet he really uh, was inspired by his mates and and decided, look, there's clearly a gap in the market for this and there are so many transferable skills between being in the military and in agriculture. So so he created Forces Farming. I kind of feel like he's the perfect guy for that position as well because people who are coming out of the army chatting to Jeremy would feel like you know he's approachable and then also same like on the farming side he can walk into a farm and be like he can sit down at the kitchen table and say I've got some boys and and girls that want to do work for you they're gonna need a bit of help adjusting do you know what I mean I feel like it takes a particularly niche character to fulfill both positions and I think he does that well yes agriculture definitely needs more people like Jeremy you're so right and that's why we're going to continue talking to inspiring people that, <laughs> like Jeremy, the farming industry need to be shouting about. And Holly, this is episode 14 of our third series, and we've had 15 episodes per series. So that means that next week, I guess we're going to have to do some kind of best of series three wrap up episode. Or a special in some way. Who knows what that means? <laughs> special in some way. What what does that mean? Come on, a best of series, a best of series episode for this series is bonkers because it would just be a fifteen hour long 
episode because it's all been great in my opinion um okay so make sure you listen next week for that best of episode and a little tease about what's to come for series four i cannot even believe that we're saying that to be honest with you how are we still doing this how are people still listening (laughs) that's the more important question is how are you guys still here grateful forever (gasps) i've got an idea for series special okay you're gonna tell me now over the microphone yeah what is it we could ask listeners to send in voice notes and we could feature some of our listeners in the episode. <laughs> oh, God. But now that we've said that now, it's going to be so embarrassing that when we do <laughs> publish that episode that the only people that we've got is, like, our sisters. <laughs> yeah, no, but we could... Oh, stop it. We could... Perhaps we could ask listeners to send in, like, some real quick... It's in what load of our bottom we've got to guess which is the truth. Yeah, I do I do actually think that's quite a good idea. But but who knows? We might not do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is stereotypical of Dan Lai's relationship. I have an idea. Dan sometimes politely, sometimes less politely declines it and we carry on. <laughs> but you're gonna see this one in real life. Watch this space. So to hear that, make sure you hit subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And please send in some voice notes of some what a load of old bull. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. Practice your call my bluff. Let's go. Holly, you just keep on mentioning that so that I can't edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I know my technique. And how are you signing off this week? I'm signing off with send in your voice notes and prove to Dan that Holly and the listeners, when they band together, have got great content and ideas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.